vote Barrett's nomination out of committee and send it to the full Senate as early as today. President Trump and Joe Biden hold dueling town halls tonight. Last night in Iowa, Mr. Trump brought up a report in the New York Post about files and emails taken from a laptop that allegedly belonged to Hunter Biden. These emails show that Biden's repeated claim that he has never spoken to Hunter about his business dealings were a complete lie. CBS's Paula Reed. The Biden campaign said the allegations were false and noted that an investigation by Senate Republicans had cleared the former vice president of any wrongdoing in Ukraine. They're expecting record voter turnout in Washington state where plainclothes security officers will be keeping an eye on ballot drop boxes. Cairo TV's Sanjeev Sinha. You may see security hiding in plain sight. King County officials say voters can expect safety and security at the boxes and that's been a concern for many people. Security guards won't be armed, but they will be in plain clothes. Officials say precautions need to be taken after some of the threats they've heard about. Scientists calling the idea of herd immunity from the coronavirus a dangerous fallacy. Here's correspondent Cammy McCormick. 80 researchers say in a letter published in The Lancet that with the second wave hitting Europe and winter approaching, clear communication is needed about the facts. The letter says the so-called herd immunity approach, where a large outbreak among the low-risk population may protect everyone is not supported by scientific evidence. In fact, the researchers say any strategy that relies on immunity from COVID-19 is flawed and uncontrolled transmission among younger people would create a significant number of deaths among the entire population and would even lead to more infections for the foreseeable future. Europe's having its worst COVID outbreak since April. CBS's Elizabeth Palmer is in the UK. There is huge frustration with the government here over its constant changing of the rules on a dysfunctional track and trace system. Surveys say that people would accept another lockdown. What they really want is some clarity. Another 889,000 signed up for first-time jobless benefits last week, highest number since the end of August. This is CBS News. These days, better nutrition and stronger immunity are essential. That's why Eggland's Best gives you and your family more, so we can all be at our very best. Only Eggland's Best. I'm Dr. Stork. Today, stronger immunity and better nutrition are more important than ever. That's why Eggland's Best gives you and your family more. Compared to ordinary eggs, Eggland's Best provides six times more vitamin D and ten times more vitamin E, all helping you maintain a strong immune system and better overall health. Plus, you get all that farm-fresh, delicious taste. These are no ordinary times, so why choose an ordinary egg? Only Eggland's Best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Ready to take on that painting project? Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 40% off paints and stains with sale prices starting at $23.09 October 16th through 19th. With 40% off our exceptional paints and stains, you can give some color love to your bathroom, living room, or every room in your home. Shop in store or order online for curbside pickup. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Yep, it was sweatier than usual last month. The Earth just had its hottest September on record. The average temp was nearly 61 degrees last month, which is nearly 2 degrees above the 20th century average. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says it's a combination of global warming from the burning of coal, oil, and gas, but says the biggest factor is human-caused warming. The first nine months of 2020 are the second warmest on record. 
Matt Piper, CBS News. At the Billboard Music Awards, John Legend dedicated his virtual performance at the BMAs to his wife, Chrissy Teigen, who recently suffered a late-term miscarriage. Billie Eilish won Top Album, New Artist and Female Artist. Post Malone won Best Artist. Top Song... Went to Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus for Old Town Road. Garth Brooks received the Icon Award. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I'm Dr. Paul Gooch. I'm an optometric physician at Southwest VA in St. George, Utah. We have a practice where we do a lot of primary eye care, medical eye care. We know nutrition affects the health of the eyes. There are several diseases where nutrition plays a role that we've identified. So I do recommend balance of nature to my patients. It's almost a self-evident truth to me that if they eat a healthy diet that's rich in fruits and vegetables, they're going to give their bodies their rich source of biochemistry they need to have the best chance of being healthy. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code FRUITS. This is Ken Ryan. I'm Ryan for probate and juvenile judge of Athens County. Since 1992, I've served Athens County in many ways. I've been a public school teacher for 12 years, government official and attorney for children, the elderly, and mentally ill. I've represented 115 children in juvenile court alone. After 28 years of service and more than 1,000 cases in probate and juvenile court, I've developed a level of experience that is unmatched in this race. Cast your vote for the experience choice. Paid for by Ken Ryan for judge. Ragnar Auto Group. Fall is one of the most beautiful times of the year. So make certain you have a dependable vehicle to enjoy all those fall colors. Lace up those boots and visit Ragnar Auto Group in New Lexington. Our sales team will do a fabulous job of finding the best car for your needs. We have Buku vehicles in our inventory. At Ridenauer Auto Group, you'll find new vehicles from Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and a great selection of used vehicles. We can match anyone's price on new vehicles, experience a hassle-free environment while working with our friendly staff. Our sales team will work to find the vehicle you want, and our finance department will work to get you a great deal. Call for your VIP appointment today. Visit us this weekend in New Lex or see all the cars at RideNowAuto.com. This is Bruce Ridenauer with Ridenauer Auto Group. We want you to ride in our cars. The Hesselville Buckeyes are on their way to the 6th seed in Region 23, Division 6, and will host the 5-2 Sims Valley Vikings on Saturday. It's the Athens County Game of the Week, sponsored by Siemens Grocery, Integrated Services, and Atomic Credit Union. Free game Saturday will begin at 6.50, and you can hear it on WXTQ Power 105.5 FM or online at WXTQ.com backslash Power 105. This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. 
We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-0633. 800-323-0633. That's 800-323-0633. Paid for by final expense direct. Hi, I'm Sky Hope, and during this pandemic, Precision Imprint is still in business and they're printing masks. Precision Imprint can take care of all your screen printing and embroidery needs, and they also have t-shirts for employee identification and business promotion. They've been printing locally in Athens, Ohio since 1988 and remain committed to this community. Call for an appointment at 740-592-5916 or email precisionimprint at gmail.com. You can also visit their website at precisionimprint.com. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Fifty-eight degrees right now here on Columbus Road. They're going to climb up to um, sixty-five, I guess. But Friday, the high fifty-four. Saturday, fifty-eight, and next Monday, fifty-seven. It's going to be up and down a little bit. Hey, it's our monthly visit with the Mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson. He joins us live from his office. But with COVID and all, he we try to keep guests comfortable by performing or being on our show from their normal locations rather than coming into the station. So um, anyway, let me see here. Where do I let's see? Phone. There we go. Right there. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. Did I lose him? Did, did I do something wrong here? No, you did not. Oh, there no, is. I was going to ask, Dave, how do you know I'm in my office? Well, how do you know? I, actually, I don't. <laughs> I, I called your cell. I, that's right. So I... I, <laughs> I am in my office. Okay, cool. Well, good morning, and um, <laughs> welcome. Listen, um, this is, let's start right off the top with coronavirus stuff. Uh, our county now hit uh, 1,073 cases yesterday. Uh, 254 are what we would call active cases. That means uh, 817 are now considered they've had it, they're over it. And, uh, of course, there's a little tiny bit of message once in a while. Someone says, well, someone got it again. And there's, I think, been two such instances that we know of. Not here, but in the nation. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I feel like our report is good. But it's also grown a great deal over the last week and a half. It, it has, <clears throat> Dave, and... Uh... I know that the information that I'm getting from Ohio University is that there are a number of cases um, that have 
showing up in the residence halls where mm. they're doing a fair amount of testing there as well as testing of individuals living off campus mm. attending Ohio University and um, you know the age demographic that we're tracking you know initially showed a lot of individuals between the age of 20 and 29 you know clearly being the largest percentage of those infected um, but then uh, when Ohio University went into phase two which is when they invited students back into the residence halls and uh, it was uh, somewhere over a thousand that came back into the residence halls that we started seeing a rise in the percentage of individuals who were testing positive um, in the 19 uh, age of 19 and less category mm-hmm. or demo right and um, I uh, I don't have intel on this but I have a I would suspect that what's going on is we're seeing, again, the individuals living in the res halls, which are by and large freshmen uh, and some sophomores, which fit that age demographic as well. So uh, we're, certainly, we're certainly seeing an increase yesterday. As you just indicated, the numbers went up to uh, 1,070-something, and uh, that included 20 new positive cases uh, in the city. So... Ohio University has a, a contract with CBS to where they are doing a lot of the asymptomatic and symptomatic testing over in Grosner. So that's that's been going on. Um, you know, I, I you and I talk about this a lot, Dave, and that is that, you know, people need to continue to wear masks. Um, masking has been a challenge. Uh, on a number of fronts, and, uh, you know, social distance, make sure you're social distancing, you know, washing of hands and whatnot. And the one thing that I just will constantly repeat to a lot of the listening audience, Dave, is that, you know, there are, I think, uh, alternative shopping times to get groceries, if, if your schedules permit, is to, you know, go to Kroger on a weekday early morning and, uh, you know, get the things that you need as opposed to going during the weekends. You know, we can't, we can't prohibit the student body from going to the grocery stores uh, or anywhere else for that matter. And so um, it's a challenge. And so I just encourage everybody to do the best they possibly can to continue to do and, and maintain safe practices uh, as we move forward. But, uh, Yes, Dave. I know that you watch the numbers, as do I, and uh, they have been increasing. Um, <clears throat> the uh, if you compare the slope to the increases uh, that occurred in July to the slope of the rise now, I mean there are differences. It's been a kind of a slower rise in cases, but we are certainly at a point where for positive cases, and that's that's one of the main metrics that I look at, that uh, we're in territory where uh, it's, it's higher than the 176 peak of positive cases back in uh, mid to late July, uh, for sure. We're, we're well above that, unfortunately. The, you know, for 
nine months I've been saying that our, if you compare us to the state, uh, the number of cases we had per population was lower. That has now, so like, um, well, what's a good example? I didn't print that page off, but that, let's say uh, two weeks ago we might have had 800 cases, but if we had been like the rest of the state, we might have, we should have had 950. That has changed now. Uh, if we were like the rest of the state today, we should have 989 cases. We have 1,073. That's 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 a change. It's a definite change, Dave. <clears throat> um, the interesting thing, and I'm sure a lot of people are, are watching and maybe even confused by the color coding uh, of the levels, level one through four, one being um, yellow, meaning you, your county has COVID-19, but, you know, just maintain safe practices. Orange, uh, orange is the next level, level two, followed by three uh, being red, and then purple being level four, the most severe, where things need to shut down and uh, extreme measures need to be taken because you are seeing extensive community spread. Currently, there are no purple counties in the state of Ohio. We have seen an increase in in level three red throughout the state of Ohio. And uh, Athens County, while we have seen this increase in numbers, we remain orange. And right. I've had a lot of people ask, you know, well, what the heck's going on? Why are we orange? Shouldn't we be red or purple? And... The answer to that is there are seven indicators that are used by Ohio Department of Health that, you know, those different indicators, if, if a city or a village is experiencing um, various levels of those indicators, in other words, that they, they have those indicators going on, uh, they meet the criteria, then that's what triggers going to level red or on to level purple. Mm -hmm. And in Athens, we're still holding at the three, three of the seven indicators. If we were to go to four or five, it would trigger us going red. And then you go above that. Uh, I think if you have six or seven, uh, certainly seven, uh, that you go to level four purple. And with us having three indicators, and, and some of the, the indicators that we're not experiencing is hospitalization, right. uh, I, ICU uh, admissions where people are in ventilators, uh, and we're not seeing um, uh, a few of the other indicators as well. Um, and I think that's largely, again, due to the, the age range or the demographic in which we are seeing uh, the increased numbers coming from. So, and that's not to say that this is, you know, that that, that is okay. It's not okay, quite honestly, uh, because we all know that a lot of the amenities across the city, services across the city, are used by everybody. And sure. so, sure. therein lies my concern. Um, I will also. Um, I'd be remiss to not have a level of concern over uh, the hybrid instruction that 
um, a number of the school systems have already done of the five school districts here in the county. Um, Ohio or the Athens City School District has been online instruction for the past eight or nine weeks, um, but they are going through the process of having a couple days a week, two days a week of face-to-face instruction right. uh, with half of the classes uh, or half of each grade level, and then the other two days or another uh, two days a week, the other half goes. The other, the three days a week in which they're not in the classroom is uh, what's called asynchronous instruction um, or some form thereof to where they are given assignments to complete on those other three days um, to keep up with their schoolwork and to stay current. And so, so there will be some, some face-to-face uh, here in the Athens City School District as we move forward. So. Um, this, uh, before we leave this topic altogether, and I, in fact, we'll, we never will this morning, but um, let's, let's talk about uh, what you've observed in terms of economic impact um, on the business community and uh, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, I can tell you, in conversations that I have had, the hospitality sector um, slash hotel sector has really taken a, a, a significant financial hit right. um, since March um, and still continuing to struggle. Um, as I understand it, we did have a number of hotels that, unbeknownst to me, were full this past weekend. Um, we can come back around to that, Dave, as we continue this conversation. Yeah, yeah, I want to know why now. What, what was oh, well, going on? Well, <laughs> interestingly, last, week, last weekend, uh, in a non-COVID time period, those hotels, all the hotels in Athens would likely have been full because it was scheduled as homecoming weekend. Ah. Now, granted, Dave, there was, other than virtual uh, programming that Ohio University had done, there were no face-to-face activities that would be the normal case. There was obviously no football game. There was no volleyball going on. There was no anything going on at the university. Uh, there was no parade, uh, as we're all well aware. Uh, Marching 110 didn't do their typical drumline Friday night march around mm-hmm. and, and uh, ducking into a sundry of different establishments and right. playing. Um, none of that happened. Uh, but uh, uh, unfortunately... A number of our uh, number of the bars uptown decided to uh, go ahead and open Saturday morning at six in the morning. Um, we weren't aware of that either that that was happening. Uh, I, I, as a matter of fact, I that was the last thought on my mind in terms of us being living through a pandemic right now. Uh, but it was the case and. Uh, um, apparently there were a large number of people at 5.30 in the morning up on Court Street. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I know, Dave. I, um, hadn't, I hadn't heard about that. But um, well, now the, 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 but these same bars are being asked to close at 10 p.m. 
And, they are. Well, they're they're being last call. And yet, and yet, you know what happens is people leave the bars and they go to the porches, and it carries on. Yes, to a degree, they're on the porches, Dave. Um, I drive around on Friday nights at ten thirty, eleven o'clock uh, when I could be home with my wife and two daughters, but right. I'm, I'm not. Um, and I observe, you know, sure, there will be a house where there might be more than 10 on the front porch, and I will call 740-592-3313, which is the non-emergency uh, Athens Police Department number, uh, police department number, and I will call it in and give the address, and they will address it uh, in sight if if. They have to cite them for having gatherings greater than 10, which is in violation of the governor's or the ODH order that mm-hmm. still exists. Mm-hmm. But but I would contend, Dave, um, that, that what is going on behind pulled curtains on a lot of those porches is, is it's more underground, if you will. It's more out of sight that's going on. And, you know, as per... Ohio Revised Code, as well as um, the city's laws, you, you know, unless there's probable cause, the police department can't just walk up because they see eight people sitting on the porch and knock on the door and say, hey, is there a party going on inside? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's violating that household's rights. Mm. Um, and so I, I hear what you're saying, and you're absolutely right, I believe, um, that there's, there are things that are going on, they're just going on uh, in ways that there's not a lot that we are observing, nor that we can act upon. So it's a challenge, of Dave, course. at the end of the day. Well, um, um, you know, city activities have been curtailed. Um, um, not necessarily dog parks, but other types of parks um, have had either some new rules applied or are down altogether. Um, and, and, I mean, we've all, we just have to be aware and conscious and obey and try to avoid things getting worse. Um, You're right. You're right. Let's talk about, um, you know, it is October, right? It is. Leaves look look beautiful. I understand there's a whole new thing coming about, and that is a celebration of Halloween in Athens. (laughs) It's never happened before. (laughs) <laughs> now, how are, how are you going to deal with this remarkable explosion of of fun and people? <laughs> yeah, it, it has never happened here before. We've never had to do any planning of any sort. Um, uh, you know, listeners out there, certainly Dave and I are being facetious right, about all this. Right. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, but I mean, the, I've, I've been going up there for years. Okay, you know, it is wall to wall people the entire length of Court Street, and right. uh, and well behaved. Uh, no, no nuttiness or anything. Well, some nuttiness, but not nothing wrong. They're just celebrating this event, and Athens is known for it. Now, that can't happen. 
Well, let's take a step back. You okay. know, given that you said that you've been up there many, many times, you must have an incredible costume or something, because, Dave, I've, I've never recognized you I stand there. on the little steps there at First Presbyterian. <laughs> okay? And there's a couple of us that just wear street clothes. <laughs> Understood. Okay. So, um, and, of course, through. I chaired it. The one time the city authorized it. Right. Earl Funk and I co-chaired it. And uh, it scared the hell out of everybody because we had a jump to 40,000 people that one year. And they said, oh, we can't allow this to happen. But we had, was, we had things for kids. We had things for families. We had costume judging, all sorts of things going on. And it just, it went from like 18,000 normally attending to like almost forty. Now, was that Clean and Safe, the beginning of Clean and Safe Halloween, Dave? I believe. I can't remember that expression exactly, but I believe so. Yeah. Well, let let me tell you. Joel, so Joel Rudy was on the committee as well. Yeah, and it changed over time, and, and no, that was the beginning of Clean and Safe. And... <laughs> it changed quickly. They didn't, they, <laughs> it scared the hell out of everybody. Well, you know, yeah. if, if we jump this much with only the first year effort, what's it going to be like next year? That sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, well you know, look, let's take a walk back. So about, you know, I noticed this probably six years ago, uh, or give or take, that um, the numbers had significantly dropped, mm-hmm. decreased. No, no, one, no one makes a head count. It's just an aerial guesstimation of that's, that, that's how correct. many people there are. You know, I've heard everything from 20,000 to 40,000 to whatever, and, and really nobody truly knows other than just seeing a massive crowd. Um, you know, like I said, six years ago or so, we certainly noticed that the, the crowds, uh, the sizes were less and less, and every year they became less. Last year, uh, you know, that there was maybe 5,000 people up on Court Street um, and I think there's a number of reasons for that, Dave. I think that, you know, in 2017, watching things that were going on nationally and internationally with people using vehicles as ways to harm others and whatnot, that we really kind of um, changed the way things were done and started putting different types of barriers around the perimeter. Um, but anyway, uh, that had changed. So this year, let's talk through the 31st real quick, October 31st. Um, There will be a a parade in place event that is being put together by Passionworks to where uh, there was an event like that over, Dave, in your neighborhood on Utah um, last summer. Yes. To to where uh, Passionworks uh, and a number of other entities had organizations had the big passion works uh honey for the heart puppets and whatnot all up and down utah well they're going to do that in west state street park uh one to three on the 31st and people can in their vehicles drive down uh into the park and hit the loop and come back again and experience um a honey for the heart Parade in place event. So again, that's one to three on October 31st. 
there will be um, following the orders again coming down from Ohio Department of Health the guidelines uh, there will be uh, neighborhood trick-or-treating um, will be happening on the 31st again between 5:30 and 6:30. Uh, and again we're encouraging people you know you, you've got to wear a face mask you've got to have uh, you know stay within your family unit as you're going door-to-door if you choose to go trick-or-treating uh, conversely uh, it's the, the choice of each household uh, to decide whether they want to give out candy. Certainly discouraging people from just setting a bowl of candy out on your front porch or on your front step because that just leads to hundreds, tens of hands just rifling through and trying to find that right piece, uh, which is not a good idea. Um, you know, people can get creative and have PVC pipe going from their front porch down to the sidewalk yeah, uh, or I, I just... and kind of launch candy through that tube. I like that uh, one. But, but we're, <clears throat> so that is permissible. Um, encouraging people, if you are going to hand out or distribute candy, that you have your porch light on. Mm-hmm. If you're not, don't turn your porch light on so you don't have a bunch of people ringing your your doorbell or coming up to your porch. Um, And then the activities that people for 40 some odd years have experienced up on Court Street um, or in more recent years, past 20 years or whatever, with the stages on Court Street, with live music, uh, the vending, the blocking off of the street or the closure of Court Street um, that will not be happening this year to where we are not, uh, the city council did not pass any ordinances to close nor suspend noise ordinance nor to suspend uh, any other ordinances applicable uh, uh, the parking uh, on Court Street. That that will not be happening. Uh, there are no stages but being what if, set up. What if there's a spontaneous uh, showing up? Um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, do the, do the police and fire personnel, do they have to break it up? Well, that becomes a challenge, doesn't it, Dave? I mean, I think that was the challenge back in the late seventies, early eighties, um, when this first started. So, or late eighties and eighties anyway. Um, and you know, we will have, uh, our police department probably bringing in all officers on um, on overtime uh, because our officers are on ship, so yeah. we will probably bring in all the officers. And unless uh, I'm mistaken, they also invite uh, neighboring cities and community law enforcement officers to join them on a temporary basis, right? That's correct. I mean, we'd have uh, police departments from across the state uh, if I recall correctly, as far north as Delaware, uh, but we, we, we would, uh, yeah. as well as mounted from all across the state, would come down and assist. Um, but, Dave, we're, we're under a pandemic. Let me remind everybody oh, yeah. our opening. We still have a deadly virus that is out there. Um, and so why would anyone want to be in a large gathering um, under a global pandemic. Um, 
So, uh, you know, that said, I mean, to increase law enforcement, you know, the OUPD, Athens PD, and State Highway Patrol, I mean, uh, we we have uh, people here, but uh, you know the scenario, Dave, as well as anyone, as to what things were like back in the mid to late 90s. Um, I remember back we, in 1998. We used to and, uh, do a broadcast coast to coast from the, uh, like, above artifacts there. Right. In one of the apartments, which happened to be my daughter's at the time. Um, anyway, in, in drops drop-ins on a national syndicated show. Well, yeah, it's a big deal. It's something that some communities would just dream to have and and yet um and i think athens has found a good way to balance the good with the bad of what comes out of that except for the covid thing that's that's the real crux of the issue right now it it is and again i, I let me remind everyone um and that is that in previous years while things really kind of went smoothly, I think, you know, back in last year and the year before and the year before that. And, yep. And, uh, you know, everything was kind of down to a science. People were out having fun and whatnot. Uh, you know, we had the the portalettes all over the place. Those won't be uptown. Um, you had the on what? That weekend. The, the porta potties. Oh, the, oh, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing is that the the bars will be closed at 11, whereas in previous years, the bars were open until 2.30 in the morning. Um, so they're getting a special uh, extension of one hour? I thought no, the bars closed no, at 10. Last call is at 10. I see. And, and then the bars have to be alcohol, you know, drinks consumed from 10 to 11, and then at 11, I get it. the bars are closed. Okay. Right. right. Well, so, you know, so, the, so what I... What I have been, had different people tell me, even as recently as last night at a social gathering, um, is you know where they're all going to go. They're going to go to the porches. And, you know, so we're going to have more than we ought gathering at various different rental homes. Right. And, um, and so then the police are going to have to try to curtail that. And they will. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, they've been doing that all along, mm-hmm. um, and they will continue to do so when and if that happens. So. Well, let's let's move on to a little more pleasant, and that is trick or treat. You already hit it, hinted at it a bit. Uh, so that's Saturday, five thirty to six thirty, right? That is correct. Saturday, October thirty first, from five thirty to six thirty. Okay. Yep. And um, any specific recommendations? Well, again, I would really discourage just placing a bowl filled with candy on your front porch just because there will be an awful lot of hands going through. And well, you know, the other thing way is, is one kid gets the whole bowl. One kid, you know, one kid gets the whole bowl. Right? If you're not watching. Um, you know, it, it will be it'll be interesting to see creative ways in which candy is delivered yeah. to individuals who do want to trick-or-treat. I've seen everything from tying a whole bunch of 
candy uh, on individual strings on the branches of your tree to yeah. putting them on popsicle sticks and poking them in your grass in your yard and everyone come by and get one or whatever. I mean, I think... We have these, uh, I don't know, three-foot-long grabbers. It's, there you uh, go. In, yep. And, uh, like, we use them here at the station because once in a while a snake gets inside and we just grab the snake and take them back out. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah... Anyway, um, I'm I'm thinking of having you know the wicker basket full of all these munchy things for kids, and then just grabbing them one by one <laughs> with those grabbers. Uh, I, what, I grabbing the children one by one? Where are you putting them, Dave? Well, in the basement. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the candy, man. I know. I know you know. Okay, so. Let's move on to another topic, and and not necess- not not Halloween, uh, whatever you want to call it, just general stuff. Sure. Um, there is um, sort of a a movement, an interest, uh, something nationwide about um, civility on the part of law enforcement and. Um, I, I think you know where I'm trying to say. <clears throat> what, um, oh, help me, our police chief's name. Uh, well, Tom Pyle. Tom. Tom Pyle. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Uh, what, what efforts, <clears throat> excuse me, what efforts has Tom and, and your leadership, um, tried to, um, to express to our, rank and file all right um you know we have um, gone through a a number of racial equity trainings uh we've gone through training and this has actually been going on for uh probably two years ago easily a year and a half ago Mm-hmm. Went through what's called groundwater training with racial the Racial Equity Institute out of North Carolina, um, and uh, we continue to go through uh, you know uh, training with the National League of Cities Racial Equity and Leadership Group. Leon Andrews is kind of the lead person. We we uh, uh, the International Town Gown Association has put on that training. Uh, with with um, with racial equity and leadership. So, you know, a lot of our officers have been through that. You know, I have been deeply engaged with the Ohio Municipal League um, and the executive director, Kent Skerritt, on doing a statewide um, race equity uh, task, serving on a task force. Um, I and uh, Tom Pyle, I've been engaged with a group on campus, which is an outstanding group of student-athletes um, called the Bobcats Lead Change Forum. Um, I was just on with them last night, 6.30 to 7.15. Typically, it's 6.30 to 8 um, every Wednesday night, and I've been engaging with them for about two months now. They came together together. Um, right after the murder of George Floyd, mm-hmm. 
and uh, student-athletes, which, you know, think about it, student-athletes at Ohio University and, and really any university, but I'm, I'm partial, um, our student-athletes are some of the most recognized and um, appreciated students on campus by their peers. And this group gets together. It's about uh, 25 to 30 student-athletes and uh, currently they're working on um, a bill of rights for individuals of color um, uh, and LGBTQ. Uh, so they really are, are starting to do some really fascinating work to change the, the narrative, to overcome systemic racism, uh, you know, that is everywhere uh, and has been for 450 years. So um, our, our police department has been doing a lot of training and working with a lot of people. I am working, uh, kind of a giving a sneak peek. I am uh, beginning to pull together um, and um, getting closer to launching a commission on racial equity and inclusion mm. for the city of Athens. Uh, and Dave, you're well aware we've got more than 20 different boards and commissions. This one um, will will uh, have... Um, a number of different members representing a number of different sectors across the city, a, a number of different races and and uh, gender identities. It, it'll, um, I think, also be a group that um, engages with our police department um, and works through best practices. Um, some time ago, we ended up um, having body-worn cameras and using body-worn cameras. Uh, interestingly, I mean, we're not alone. A lot of a lot of law enforcement across the, the, the nation has body-worn cameras. There are some still large metroplexes here in the state of Ohio that, that don't have them. Um, well, various- uh, let's not kid ourselves. There's a. <clears throat> it's not just purchasing the camera. This is an expensive thing to have these. Oh, it is. And, it, 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 and it's mostly after the fact. It's reviewing the films, editing them down to important stuff that must be saved for some period of time. Um, it, it's not just buying the cameras and putting them on your uniform. It's, it's the other stuff that goes with it. Makes it um, uh, quite an investment. It, it is. And, and, and just to be clear, I mean, the... the the footage is not edited. It's downloaded, um, and uh, there are provisions under the Ohio Revised Code um, to where if someone requests footage, there are certain things that can be, yep. um, yeah, so that we're clear on that. Uh, and, and by editing, I simply meant uh, filing away. They are filed away. Yeah. Um, they're filed away. It's they are, and that, that's part of the problem too. It's not a problem. Part of that cost, Dave, is storage. Yes, uh, and that's why some of the larger cities, um, you know, at least one that I'm um, well aware of, um, is is grappling with things. Is the cost? Uh, you know, if you've got a, um, a large police department and everyone's wearing these, well, think about how many gigabytes of storage are needed every day. Every yeah. hour. <laughs> Every hour. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, but body-worn cameras are ex- 
cameras are extremely important. Mm. Um, I've always thought they were extremely important, so we've, we've got those here in the city. Um, and so it's just, it's constant, constant education. Um, and uh, um, I get it. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's, um, let's move to a different topic. Um, update on the pedestrian tunnel. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I would encourage people, if you are interested, to um, go to the government channel. And uh, I just did a press conference, a remote press conference, with a mask on. And Ryan Schwarzoff had a mask on. He's from the government channel. And we did a remote um, you know, update with the mayor down at the pedestrian passageway. The passageway is open to pedestrian and bicycle travel. The, the uh, asphalt, um, at least the base layer and the, the, it may be the middle layer of asphalt has already been laid uh, up there on the road surface. Mm-hmm. And at this point we are, as I've been told, um, Monday will be the final, the surface layer of asphalt will be put down Tuesday, striping will take place, and uh, if not by Tuesday afternoon, by Wednesday, the Richland Avenue will finally be open to vehicular traffic. And the the original uh, timeline, does that hit it? It does not. Okay. No, it doesn't. The original timeline was September 11th. Okay. Um, there were some... Uh, so a month some, off. No big deal. A month deal. off. And that includes, uh, I believe, nine um, design issues that had to be worked through that weren't identified during the, uh, the designing of the, the passageway. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it slowed things down a little bit. But you know, at the end of the day, again, we were just down there. It's video. It was a, a um, you can, like I said, you can view it on the government channel. It's video archived, and it's it is a, a really attractive, nice safety feature here in the city of Athens to deconflict the West Green um, uh, Baker Center foot traffic from Richland Avenue. So uh, we're really looking forward to that opening up next week, Dave. Um, Not today. We're short on time. But in our next grow through, I'd like to talk a little bit about garbage and recycling and tree and lawn clippings and things like that. Um, sure. I, I guess we could mention that the um, the big vacuum machine that uh, sucks up the um, leaves at your curb is now starting to work, and um, they they've picked up stuff in my neighborhood uh, that I put out early, so they're they're going to be moving and they'll be in action for about a month. That's correct. There. Well, no, it'll Maybe be in action. Longer. Up, up until um, early December okay. is the final pass. Uh, and Dave, as you're aware, they'll come back to your neighborhood two more times. Uh, they started, you, you are zone one, Dave, okay. uh, in your neighborhood. And then it goes to zone two, which is kind of the north northwest quadrant of the city. Um, and that'll be next week. And then the week after will be the south uh, side of the city. And then it goes back to you. Again, so mm-hmm. it's it's uh, basically every third week, the leaf truck will be coming through and sucking up leaves. So please 
go to the city's website and look at that schedule okay. uh, as you're putting leaves out at your curbside or uh, at the street, um, not in the street, but at the street, and have it cleaned up. Um, and this is a this is a no charge service. This is just a service, and the city goes around and does that. So, yeah, that has begun, Dave. And like I said, the final uh, pass through for, and it'll go around everywhere. Will be um, in December. <clears throat> now, um, let's see here. All the paving projects that have been meant to be uh, that were scheduled to be occurring this summer, um, the state's got a couple that are still cooking. Uh, and, right. Um, most notably out there on uh, 50 and 33 now. Uh, but the city projects, uh, are they essentially done now? They, they are. Um, in terms of street repaving, that is complete. Um, right now there's still, uh, I think there's still some crack seal work that's going on. Okay. But by and large, everything under our street repaving uh, for 2020 is done. Um, there are projects, clearly, that are still going on. Stimson Avenue's most notable. Columbia Gas is working in that area, putting down yes. a gas line. There's also some work on Fern Alley um, and Stimson with uh, water line uh, placement getting ready for 2021 when the Stimson Avenue overhaul project will be underway. Um, that we'll, we'll dive into that. But, uh, yeah, for street repaving, Dave, you're done uh, for this season. Um, hey, Dave, if I make, let, let's shift gears just for a second because... Um, I don't know. On. I'll decide whether we will. Go ahead. Propose <laughs> something. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Dave. It is right. your show. No, I'm I, kidding. I kidding. What would you have in mind? Well, um you know, we have several vacancies on different boards and commissions, and I figured I might as well throw this out to... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention right now, um, you know, I had 20-some years with Arts, Parks, and Rec. I wouldn't mind doing some more. So just keep that in mind. Now, I, I will. Go on with the others. Okay, well, to that end, um, we do have a vacancy in um, Parks and Rec, the Parks and Rec Advisory Board is one in which we have a vacancy. We have a several vacancies in the Joint Police Advisory Council. Um, there, we, we're looking for someone who um, works in the victims' advocacy sector. We're also looking for a commuter, someone to represent the commuter community so that individual doesn't have to live in the city of Athens. And then somebody from... Um, one of the neighborhood associations uh, to serve on the Joint Place Advisory Council. So that that is, uh, we're looking for individuals. The Housing Appeals Board, which is really a city council appointments, but worth mentioning. Um, we are looking for someone to serve on the Housing Appeals Board. Also um, looking at uh, possibly a couple people or one to serve on the environment sustainability um, and possibly on the affordable housing commission. So it's uh, um, very, from time to time, these positions become available because somebody has permed out or someone may have um, resigned and we're looking for somebody to fill, fulfill an um, un, uh, unexpected 
expired term for an individual. So keep those things in mind. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I want to share is that the city still has, well, let me rephrase. The city created two grants that we uh, issued to HAPCAP, the Hawking Athens Prairie Community Action. One of them is for rent and or mortgage relief for individuals in the city of Athens that have experienced uh, financial strain due to COVID-19. Um, there is money there. As I've been told, seven households have received this kind of assistance. Um, it was a $25,000 grant to HAPCAP. Uh, they have expensed or obligated $6,107. So there's still money in that program. There's also another program that has $75,000 in it that is for city utility um, relief. Uh, and, uh, again, we, apparently there hasn't been anybody taking advantage of that program. But, if uh, again, people are experiencing financial difficulties due to COVID-19, that that's a grant that, that they may be eligible. And reach out to HAPCAP at 740-767-4500. And ask about the mortgage slash rent relief program or the city utility relief program. So know that it's out there. And that money, by the way, came from the CARES Act funding that the city received and that we are authorized to create such grants for people in need. Let me um, just, uh, we only have about two minutes. Um, two items I'd like to bring up. One is the census. And, uh, folks, it is so important that we get every person counted, whether they were here at that time, uh, let's see, whether they weren't here at that time but would have been under normal circumstances. Um, well, whatever. We want everybody counted. We do. And the reason is that, again, if you hit certain marks along the way like if we can maybe 25,001 in the city itself uh, that means a, a different level of funding and support for the city if we hit 30,000 it's a different level so you get the point number two Paul Logue has been um, um, very creative lately and has come up with some uh, different ideas for different neighborhoods and different neighborhood groups are trying to inform their their neighbors uh, about them and people are discussing them and um, some of them make sense some of them are dreams some of them might create a problem but the point is you need to be aware of them and express yourselves right absolutely absolutely census 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 fill it out well, listen, um, what do we got here? 59, we got 20 seconds. Uh, anything you've left out that you can do in 20? Um, absolutely. Um, I'll be real quick. Scott, I uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to Scott, who's probably standing next to you somewhere. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's always great uh, hearing your laugh in the background. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's always great to hear you make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do my best, for yes, sure. Yes, you do. Um, and, and, and just real, real quick, quick. Mask up, everybody. In our 70th year of Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97. Ah, the mayor of it.
This is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. We have breaking news from Joe Biden's campaign manager. She says Kamala Harris, communications director, and a non-staff flight crew member have both tested positive for the coronavirus. The campaign says neither had contact with Biden, Harris, or other staffers since those test results came back, and Harris was not in close contact with either person during the two days prior. The campaign says Harris is not required to quarantine, but has suspended all air travel through Sunday out of an abundance of caution, and contact tracing is underway. An update on rising COVID numbers in the country from CBS's Cami McCormick. New Mexico has shattered its previous record. The state's worried about a second wave. Colorado is experiencing another surge. South Dakota has broken its record for hospitalizations and new cases. Kentucky's governor calls the number of new cases there a shock to the system. In rural Kansas, there are spikes. One local sheriff came down with it and landed in the hospital and the last county in West Virginia to report a confirmed case is now deemed the most critical area of that state because of the number of new infections. Welcome to a new day of confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett. I'm going to make a motion to adjourn this meeting. In a last ditch attempt, Democrats tried to scrap the final day of Barrett's confirmation hearing and postpone a committee vote set for next week. I move to indefinitely postpone the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. But the Republican-controlled committee pressed on while preparing to hear from witnesses testifying about the president's Supreme Court nominee, Chairman Lindsey Graham. We'll be voting on Amy Comet Barrett to be Associate Justice Supreme Court at 1 o'clock on October the 22nd. Steve Dorsey, CBS News, Washington. Courts make voting-related rulings in two different states ahead of the November election. A federal judge has ordered North Carolina elections officials to update absentee voting rules to ensure that voters prove they have someone witness their ballot. In Alabama, a federal appeals court waived witness and photo ID requirements for absentee voters who are at high risk of getting COVID-19. Jim Crisula, CBS News. The number of people filing for new unemployment benefits has gone up to its highest level since the end of August. With more businesses announcing layoffs, 898,000 signed up for claims last week. Economist Joel Naroff. It is seven months since the pandemic first started shutting things down and workers may no longer be eligible for assistance. That is worrisome as the prospects for more government aid remain uncertain. The Dow down 193 in early trading. The S&P is off 25. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. CBS presents Highlighting Our Heroes, sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Army veteran Matt Hesse is the founder of FitOps, a nonprofit that helps vets find a new purpose in life. At the end of a boot camp, they become personal trainers. The specialness of FitOps camp is really about helping them open up, and that allows them to break their burdens away from them so they can go be successful. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Ready to take on that painting project? Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 40% off paints and stains with sale prices starting at $23.09 October 16th through 19th. With 40% off our exceptional paints and stains, you can give some color love to your bathroom, living room, or every room in your home. Shop in-store or order online for curbside pickup. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.
A famous reindeer is ready to move on from the land of misfit toys. The 1964 animated special Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has delighted TV viewers for decades. I am Rudolph. Hi. Now the figures used in that production are being put up for auction. Santa, 11 inches tall with his beard made of yak hair and Rudolph with a nose that still lights up. Those two together are expected to fetch up to $250,000. The New York collector who owns them says he wants the money to leave to his kids and grandchildren. Steve Kathan, CBS News. Itching to go on vacation right about now? Two new surveys find most of us would love to go, but we're not sure we actually should. The AAA finds 67% aren't certain about the safety of a getaway. The Automobile Association says people are making more car trips these days, but planning them just days ahead. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. This holiday season, more people will shop online than ever before. So if you're an e-commerce seller, are you ready for a record-breaking holiday season? Be ready with ShipStation, the fastest, easiest way to ship. Just a few clicks and you're managing orders, printing labels, and getting products out fast. That means happier holidays for you and your customers. ShipStation works with all major e-commerce platforms and shopping carts and gives you the best rates available with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS. You can easily compare carriers